in our community in Kalamazoo that there was not a space for black women and women of color in general to gather who were in the business space. And we started off with saying we'll do a brunch. And the first one we had over 50 women who showed up and we wow. were hoping to get at least 20, 25. Sure. Um, and so when we saw that 50 women came, we we're like, oh, this is a huge need. Like we know this, but to actually see the women in the room. In 2017, the Parker Sisters of Kalamazoo, Michigan started Sisters in Business Michigan, which is an initiative to create a safe space for women of color entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, innovators, and thought leaders to create networks, strategize, and build. And to say it's been wildly successful is an understatement. So as we celebrate Black History Month on this first episode brought to you by McDonald's, we start in Kalamazoo talking to the Parker Sisters. So sisters in business, welcome to the podcast. How, how are you guys? I mean, Tiffany, I know you're recovering from the flu, but outside of that, how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing good, doing really good. We are good. It's awesome. 2020. It, <laughs> it is 2020, a brand new decade. And so I, I want to start real quickly. Um, Nicole, if you guys could explain like what you guys, what sisters in business does uh, you know, kind of from an, a 10,000 foot view, and then we'll kind of dig a little bit deeper. Oh gosh, what do we do? We do a lot. <laughs> um, so back in 2017, my sisters, um, Lisa, Tiffany, and Talisha and I, we all came together. And one of the things that I noticed was in our community in Kalamazoo, that there was not a space for black women and women of color in general to gather who were in the business space. Um, a lot of this came from the work I did in graduate school where I researched black women in entrepreneurship and social innovation. And so I texted them one day and said, hey, how about uh, we do a brunch where we bring women of color together in the community who are interested in entrepreneurship or aspiring entrepreneurs? And we started off with saying we'll do a brunch. And the first one, we had over 50 women who showed up. And we wow. were hoping to get at least 20, 25. Sure. Um, and so when we saw that 50 women came, we were like, oh, this is a huge need. Like, we know this, but to actually see the women in the room and hear the different voices and the needs that were happening in the community, we knew that this was something much greater than a brunch. And so we decided to do another one in April 2018. And over 100 women came. And at that so there's a year between the first two events, yeah. right? Well, well about, about four, four months. months. <laughs> got it. <laughs> because when we started, it was November when okay, I texted gotcha, them. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I texted them November 17, 2017, and was like, hey, let's do a brunch. They said, all right. So in December, we had the first brunch. April 2018, we had the second brunch. And from there, um, we've always surveyed and women said that they needed workshops. They wanted more than just the brunch. And so we ended up doing a summit um, in December 2018. We also ended up doing some workshops and we ended up doing a partnership with the city of Battle Creek to do some workshops and meetups in the Battle Creek area as well. Okay, so let's back up a little bit, right? Because that's that's kind of a lot in, in, a, in a really tight time frame, right? So are the three of you just wired as entrepreneurs? Like what, what is kind of the impetus that even brings us to this moment where you're like, hey, I've noticed there's a hole in the market, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or I'm going to graduate school to study entrepreneurship for women in college. Like, take me back a couple more steps before we get here. And like, you know, what is it that wires you guys that this is a thing that happens? So I think it's probably two things. Um, so our family um, started a nonprofit organization um, really in 2013, um, doing a lot of youth development work. Um, our father had been um, really a 
really a legend in this community doing different aspects of uh, youth development through martial arts to track, using sports really just to give um, youth those social skills that are much, much needed. Sure. And so he'd been doing that programming, but with other organizations. And in 2013, we had a um, one of our uncles passed away really unexpectedly. And he too was a big basketball coach and just a person who was um, critical in the community. And I think it was an aha moment for us at that point to say, why aren't we doing this for ourselves? Because one of the challenges we found with my father was he would do this work, but then if the organization switched or shifted mission, he no longer was relevant. Gotcha. So people were still wanting to do the programs, but if an organization, but the organization says we want to go a different pivoted. way, then that program, he ends up having to do somewhere else. So that's where we had our aha moment to say, we can do this. Like what's stopping us from still providing the service to the city? Um, and so we continued, we, we started the organization, it's called Charlie's Place. Um, my father's name is Charles Parker. So that's how we got the Charlie's and then PLACE stands for Pursuing Leadership and Community Engagement. And as we were building this organization, um, Nicole said, you know, how do we become sustainable? How do we make sure that 10, 20, 30 years from now, we continue to exist as an organization? We know how to do programming. We've been taught how to do programming all our lives. But the other stuff that yep. really keeps us around long term, that was what was missing. So she goes to grad school <laughs> um, and ends up at George Mason. And she can kind of tell you the rest that as she started her studies, mm -hmm. I think that's when she really began to realize the plight of black women in business and starting to really dig into the social innovation space and not seeing us represented. Mm -hmm. So that I think was her aha moment. Um, I had the pleasure of being able to read her thesis and get these conversations. And so a lot of what she was seeing from a theoretical lens, I was seeing on the ground. And so it just became this moment where um, Tiffany, she's a graphic designer, has her own business. Talisha, who's not here with us today. Also um, has the flu, by the way. Also has, also the, has flu. the flu. <laughs> um, Does she thank you for that? or No, I thank her daughter. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Talisha um, owns her own business as a uh, hairstylist and cosmetologist. Nicole and I had started our partnership doing consulting work, helping people who are trying to start nonprofits and businesses. And then our family collectively had this thing. Sure. And although we were seeing the numbers of people, so our first year in doing Charlie's Place, our mm -hmm. um, signature program is the Youth Basketball League, I think we had about 250 kids. And we had had in years prior doing the program with different organizations, maybe about 100. No. Not even, yeah. No, maybe 50 to, 30 to 50 kids. 30 to 50 kids. Wow. So the first year of us doing our own organization, we scaled up massively. And so what became really evident and a thing for us is how do we make this work sustainable? How do mm -hmm. we keep up with the pace of fast growth? Um, because we had, again, we had the people, but we didn't have the model that would keep us sustainable and keep us going. And we were seeing that repeated among ourselves, mm -hmm. but then we were seeing that when folks would come to Nicole and I and say, hey, how are you guys doing this? And we'd begin to peel back the layers and say, well, you have solutions, but you don't have the resources to build capacity. Sure. So you're doing this work in community, but you're not being resourced. And then when we started to really bring it up and really look at it from that 10,000 um, view foot, we saw the disparities and how 
organizations led by people of color weren't being resourced the same, even though these resources were touching community and solving problems, but they were born, burning out quickly because the resources weren't there. So I think that's the catalyst that led us to where we are today. Yeah. And so what what is happening in those four months, right? You have the first event, 50 women show up and you guys go, oh, okay, we've got a thing here. And so what is, what's the conversation over that next 120 days before you launch the second one? Oh, goodness. Um, what was that? That conversation was originally, let's do a brunch. And we had a lot of women who continued to reach out to us. And then we began to build a space on Facebook. And originally we said we didn't want to do a Facebook group because being able to manage that. Sure. But people began to communicate in the actually in the event space. And we said, you know what, this is a need. And as we started a private Facebook group, and as that began to grow, people began to ask us questions like, can we sit down and have one-on-ones with you? can we we need more training we need more access to resources so we became this um one-stop shop for a lot of women in the community and we decided this is growing into something more and one of the things we really wanted to be intentional about is we we know a lot of people in community but we were surprised at the different people that we didn't know who showed up who had different businesses women who were um therapists who had their own counseling practices right um women who there's one woman she um is a vet and then she also is a veterinarian so you know it was unique to have a woman who uh tanera Kroom, who her business is called uh it's not called vet vet because that's no no no, 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 no. vets in 3d vets in 3d is part of what she does and she has a mobile veterinarian um business so to have this unique opportunity where these women are coming together and they have the opportunity and naturally network and say okay how do we then begin to pull this together um, and saying strategically too, we also have Charlie's Place. We all have our own different businesses that we're trying to run. And so for us, we said we can do this sustainably every quarter. And when we we got to that second brunch, it was just even more of a need. We had women there from Battle Creek, from Grand Rapids. We said, okay, we thought this was just a Kalamazoo need, but now we see a regional reach. Um, and I think right after the April brunch, no, actually right before the April brunch in March, we were contacted by a representative at the city of Battle Creek and saying, we see this need in Battle Creek. Can you come to Battle Creek and do this too? So, in and this- so that's what creates the, the, the bipolarity of the organization, mm-hmm. right? Where you have Kalamazoo events and then you, in mm-hmm. February, you've got the next pitch meeting, right? Which, which we'll talk about here in, in, right. in a minute. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, um, what we really thought starting off is we'll do maybe four brunches a year. We were really going to be this gathering space. Mm -hmm. And in that first year of really just trying to test what are we doing here? Um, we just started playing with a whole bunch of different things. So we did some workshopping. Um, Mm -hmm. and then one of the things just in sitting at different tables in the community, we realized is we needed to provide some low barrier access to funding. Mm -hmm. And so, we were like, okay, what would it look like for us to do a pitch competition? Um, Because a lot of the community funding that was available for small businesses in general, not just businesses that were led by people of color, were loans. And so we were like, well, how are you going to give folks who are already marginalized a package that would put them in more debt? And what can we do to effectively put these businesses in a place where we can give you money to fail? Mm -hmm. And so I think as we've 
kind of tested what's going on, that's what led us in the space of saying, it goes back to how do we get people actual resources? Mm -hmm. And then we know business, You when, when you get in business, you're gonna fail, you're gonna need some time to test. But that looks very different when you're already in a mar marginalized position. When you're already under stress, exactly. right? Exactly, and so how do we provide a space, even if it's just small, for a business to say, here's $500, go test that product and figure out if it's gonna work and do this and get your data and put together a business plan before you go to that bank and ask for a loan because you don't wanna fail with $15,000 that you gotta pay back with interest when you can do something much smaller and prototype mm -hmm. and fail with 500. So that's what got us to the point of saying, yes, the brunches are great and it, there is definitely a need to gather, but then how do we take the next step and provide a resource that would actually create impact for that business. And that for me was being able to apply the theoretical, what I had studied sure, yeah. to actually the practical. Because when I was in grad school, I remember coming across this article that said black women are the fastest growing demographic of entrepreneurs. And I'm like, I'm in these business classes, but nobody's telling me this, right? And as I dug deeper, I also came across an article by Catherine Finney. She has an organization called Digitally Undivided. Mm -hmm. And in that study was called The Real Unicorns of Tech, Black Women in um, the Tech Space. And so she studied, I believe, over a course of two to three years, venture capital funding. And from that, they realized only 0.02% of venture capitalist dollars were going and being invested into black women wow. in the tech space. Wow. And these women weren't necessarily creating tech innovations that were specifically for people of color. They were doing tech innovation. So that study in and of itself and a lot of other studies, I began to look at and say, okay, here's a trend. You have the fastest growing demographic, but yet the least funded. How do we begin to address these gaps? And so what, what does the organization look like in 2020, right? Like, as I imagine, just given the stories that you guys have told in the last 12 minutes, I imagine lots of people start reaching out to you guys and ask a lot of questions. Oh, yes. And so what, what is that like managing that? And, you know, you've got people coming from Grand Rapids, so I'm sure that's, you know, I don't know what the plans are for you guys, but mm -hmm. walk me through what that deluge of questions has kind of been like. <laughs> I think um, it's really started off with us like refocusing. And so one of the things that um, we have done in our businesses in general is to say, okay, the end of 2017 and the 2018 was this crazy busy year that brought about so many different things. But now we have to start applying what we're putting out there to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that we've done is really sit down and reset to say, essentially sisters in business has become its own business and we're all business owners or have jobs and the realities of how do we continue to move forward meant that we needed to sit down and really look at this and say what is it with that we're doing how can we do this more smart smartly and so that has been our first step is really kind of taking an assessment of our personal businesses and how does that funnel through and i think where we're at right now is saying one of the things that we know we can do well is we can provide low barrier funding to mm -hmm. women of color so what would it look like to use these opportunities with the pitch competitions to provide that access to funding and how can we do it in a way that doesn't require us to always plan a big event so mm -hmm. one opportunity that we got at the start of the year was um, we had a funder say look 
I would love to fund a business or two or three. I'm going to give you X amount of dollars. What if you do a social media contest, so to speak? So we did a post and we were looking for five businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, that you said four at first. Yeah, we started with four, but we ended up, I think, with five businesses where we said, our stipulation is that you just give us a small pitch on this status to say, how would you pay it forward? So we called it the pay it forward challenge where whoever would win this money, they could talk about their business, but then we wanted to add that aspect of how you would do something in community to pay sure. it forward. And so, cause ultimately that's what you're trying to do, absolutely. right? It's not just start successful businesses, but successful businesses that impact the communities. Absolutely. That they, yeah. And so that was an opportunity that I think is funneling into us into what we're really going to be doing this year is how do we continue to provide those opportunities to give folks funding, to be able to take those dollars and move beyond mm-hmm. doing the, uh, the brunches or the gathering. And we're still going to do some gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably not going to do as many as we've done in uh, Cause not to cut you year. off, but what people don't understand, like event planning is Ooh, is soul so sucking work. Yeah. It's soul sucking work. And you know, and they you show up at an event and you think it's this well-run thing and behind the scenes you guys are pulling your hair out Ooh. and passing out and <laughs> things are breaking and you're gluing them back together. So I I mean I get it. The yeah. fastest way a business can sort of not get out of that business but manage it effectively so mm-hmm. it's not the constant mm-hmm. makes it a little bit nicer mm-hmm. to run a business. Absolutely cuz like we said, we still have our um, nonprofit where we do tons of community <laughs> events in addition to that. So for us, it was important to say we have to scale back to scale up sure, and be more intentional. And I think we also find ourselves, and we've always been in this space of being a bridge into the ecosystems because now we're able to speak the language of the community and be able to sit at some of these tables and be an advocate um, to say, hey, this is how we can get some of our people into the doors, right? But we also are able to have some systemic conversations with some key organizations to say, hey, people of color, when they walk into your organization, this is what they're experiencing. How can we make sure we are changing these conversations and making sure these are inclusive spaces? And so, so what is that reception like when you start those conversations? Um, Sometimes it's mixed, but for the most part, I would say here in Kalamazoo, it's been open and I think it's a place on a, not just in Kalamazoo, but on a national level, people are having these conversations to say, how are we intentionally being inclusive? How are we intentionally um, using our resources? Because I sure. think that has been our pushback and challenge to say, how are we intentionally diversifying our resources and making sure they're getting to the people who need them? Um, and then on our end saying, how do we make sure that our programs or the things that we do are preparing people to be able to go into these doors and spaces? So, um, yeah. This is awesome. So let's talk a little bit about, because one of the things I I saw when I was kind of looking through what you guys were doing, can we talk about the impact of little sisters in business? Yes. Like when did you guys decide that, I mean, because I think it's incredible, but Mm -hmm. when was that like the next thing that you were going to do? So that actually came about um, Little Sisters, this last brunch. So Confident Soul is an amazing organization that actually started, I believe, last year. Um, and the founder of that, is, her name is Dominique Hunt, and she's doing some incredible work in the community to empower young young women in the 6th through 12th grade. And she reached out, and she has participated in all of our brunches and events. Um, and so she said, hey, I'm looking to do an event. And we said, we're actually doing our December event. And she said, how about could we partner? And we thought that's a natural partnership for us because um, – 
growing up, like Lisa was saying, our father had us in community and as sisters and young women, we knew the importance of having role models. And she said that's a place where she wanted to begin to be intentional with matching the young girls. We said this is natural for us to do a little sisters in business. And we we had kind of talked about it throughout the year. So for her to come alongside and say, let's do a partnership for us, we were like, that's natural. We need to do that. We need to make sure we're preparing the next generation. And so that's how that came about. And also being able to say, hey, let's do a pitch for the Little Sisters as well. And now we've expanded it to do an intentional mentorship program, which will be quarterly. But these will be group meetings where we'll bring women of color in the community and not necessarily people who are entrepreneurs, but people in the career aspect to say, here's what you can be. And here's how we can motivate and encourage you from women in this community and connecting them with young girls. And so this might be the biggest question I ask and probably the last one as I let you guys go. Um, because I'm fascinated by this, the little sisters in business, right? Because this is a thing that you guys are working with another organization mm -hmm. to create an impact that none of you will see, mm -hmm. right? And so how do you guys catalyze that to explain to somebody, like, I need you to help me do this thing and you have no idea what it's gonna do, mm. right? Because it's not gonna be a business that an eight-year-old's gonna start tomorrow. Right. It's going to be 10 years, 12 years, 15 years down the road that they've constantly gone through mentorship or mm -hmm. classes or whatever that they finally either decide or whatever to start a business. So what's that conversation for you guys like when you're going into the community and going, this is important mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how it ends? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I think for, um, for me, it's being able to say we have to plant the seeds early because even going back to Charlie's Place, one of our... Um, taglines is sowing seeds of hope and I think it's important to sow the seeds of innovation and entrepreneurship in young people in Kalamazoo in period right um, and what I saw being out on the east coast is you see a lot of young entrepreneurs who are starting today sure and so for me it's like how can we begin to plant the seeds with some of these people who we might not see the the growth until 10 15 years but for some of them they may be able to try it right how do we teach them to test and even just get in the mindset of um, entrepreneurial journeys and mm -hmm. or creating and innovating yep. and creating pathways that you might not see. For us, we feel like we're trailblazers, right? But if I can teach that, that's a skill that we can begin to teach to people to say, hey, we're preparing the next generation to be able to create what they want and to create a more equitable world that we're living in. Um, and it, it starts now. And we have to invest now. We can't wait till 15, 20 years later. Sure, right. You know? yeah. yeah, and I think I would answer that by saying we could uh, put the uh, analogy of ourselves. I, think. I was getting ready to say everything we do is it started at home mm -hmm. with um, everything we do. Everything was a personal experience, which birthed, it birthed our businesses and everything that we do now. So go ahead. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's um, absolutely right. Our parents were very intentional about making sure that we were in a community. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was the type that always pushed us and so I remember being young and being made to go up and do a speech and I was just nervous and she was like well just let your legs uh, shake but you can continue to talk mm -hmm. and what that birthed in me in this day or going to meetings with you know our father we would always be going to some sitting community in the board meeting <laughs> with him sitting on the side 
And, you know, some not really fully paying attention and understanding what's going on, but how that trickled down and how that has just really come full circle and in getting involved in community, even really unintentionally. Like, we never, I don't think, sought out to do these things mm-hmm. or said, I, ne- I never said, you know, I'm going to follow my father's footsteps and do these things. Mm-hmm. But we find ourselves in these places and everything that, you know, we knew and learned at that point, even though we didn't fully understand it, it's just coming out now. Um, I think one of the things that surprised us is when we did that first brunch, mm-hmm. it was folks that said, oh, you are the Parker girls. Mm-hmm. Your dad did this for me, so I'm showing up to your event. And so even understanding how we were able to ride the coattails of the, of the seeds that he planted in community for people to have trust in us to say, well, of course we would come and support you all because back in the day, I remember when you all were little sitting in the conference room. Right. So look at you now doing this amazing stuff. And I think I'm still really surprised by that because a lot of these people are older than us. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw us when we were younger and we didn't think that it would be this way. And so... I'm sure that there are kids that we're hoping we'll be able to touch, but we know from our own experience that, you know, 20 years from now, I I hope there's Mm -hmm. a little sister in business that's going to, like, tap us and invite us to something that is way more amazing than what we're doing so we can just be a part. I think that is the excitement of all of it. And so, ladies, you're doing amazing work both here and in Battle Creek. If people want to find out more, figure out how they can donate, become sponsors, whatever, what's the easiest way for them to find you? Um, You can find us on Facebook. We are Sisters in Business MI. Also, you can go to our website, www.sistersinbusinessmi.com. Um, so right there, all of our information is there. So feel free to reach out to us. And then the pitch competition in Battle Creek, is that open to the public yes. or... Yeah, mm-hmm. It's awesome. open to the public, so we have a pitch competition in Battle Creek that is coming up, and we're excited about that. We'll have about six women who will be pitching in that area, so can't wait to see what happens. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great weekend.